Hi, this is Jake Plummer, and you're listening to the One Star Recruits Podcast. You know, I say a lot of times I'm not a scientist, you know, and I see things coming, and then you're like, what do you do? They're just here for a short time and a good time, not a long time, baby. He needs a challenge, and now he wants to, he usually wins with, like, first and second stringers. He probably wants to win with, like, third and fourth stringers. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Eddie George on One Star Recruits Podcast. These guys do it the best. Love you guys. There are two Ronaldos. There are only one Ines. This is Ines Ainz. I'm very happy to be here and don't miss any, any of the shows. They are amazing. Hey, everybody. This was Dickie B on the One Star Recruits Podcast. And they've been awesome, baby. Yo, welcome to One Star Recruits. It's your boy, DK, coming to you live from our beautiful studios in Costa Mesa, California. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts and best friends, Stenga and Rip. We appreciate you tuning in today. Enjoy the show. For this pod, you know, it is, it's a crazy time. Even I was thinking about a normal day, just how even a normal day has changed. And in all honesty, uh, for me, a normal day now is letting my natural body wake up at 7.15, 7.30, completely natural, which is kind of a new thing for my, me in my 30s, from like my 18 to my mid-30s. I was like, had to get woken up by alarm clock. Are you guys... Still alarm clock people? Are you doing the natural wake up? Is it I the- mean, working from home, yeah. I mean, I still wake up earlier, but not as early as I was going into the office. So, it's, yeah, it's kind of nice. I've been getting like an extra hour of sleep or so. So you're stealing an extra Is that going to be an adjustment, though? Are you a little worried about going back? Yeah, but I'm kind of hoping it, it lasts for a while. <laughs> Is that going to be a permanent thing, you think, going forward with some of these companies? Yeah, definitely. The I work think, from uh, home? Yeah, I mean, now that people realize they can do it, you know, yeah. I think there was, for, for whatever reason, there was a lot of doubt that people would be productive enough to do it. But yeah. I think people are realizing that... Uh, that you can do your job from home, you know, as effectively as you could from the office. And in a lot of cases, I think people are working more from home because you're all, you're kind of always on your, your device is always right there. You know, you never miss an email. So it's uh, it gets into personalities well, at that point. Game, baby. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, work exactly. from homers. Exactly. Be careful what you wish for, baby. It's a twenty-four hour game now. Yeah, real estate agents been doing the grind for a while now. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a twenty-four hour game. But that's like to have a nine to five. That's the other side of the coin, though. It's a nine to five. Like, yeah, you got your nine to five and blah blah. And yeah, it sucks having to go in or whatever eight to five. It sucks having to go in. But then the work from home. Now it's 8 o'clock p.m., and they get, guess what? They want to hear from you. Yeah. You have to be on. And so it's an adjustment. It's tit for tat, man. Nothing's free in this world. So here we go. We'll see that shoe drop. Yeah, and that's a dope personality. I mean, kudos to both you gentlemen for attacking the world that way, too, because a lot of people fall into rabbit holes of YouTube and, um, you know, an entire box of Cheez-Its before 10 a.m. <laughs> Don't and, call me out. You know, I, feel, I feel attacked. <laughs> so, you know, there's good in the bad with it. You know, I feel like some of that's what I was saying. So my natural wake up and then my coffee routine's changed a bit. My day's kind of starting at 10, which is it's different. You know, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's good, but it's changed a little bit. And uh, it's, it's kind of just this, this whole kind of intake. And we talk to our, our guests. You'll hear it. This is a shout out to uh, Dave Cow. You'll hear the interview mid pod here. He talks a little bit about some of his food choices. Me in particular, I've noticed that my food intake has gone down because we stopped eating out. We were probably about two to three time a week eater out. Yeah. at good restaurants right yeah. I think we go out with Agreed. his wife Rib we'd go out um, so, so I cut back on that we started eating at home which all in all my food intake went down I would say my alcohol intake always been down. I'm not a big drinker. I usually do have a drink for the pod. Um, my weed intake's gone up. You know, that goes hand in hand, I think, with the lifestyle. 
the snag is a big real estate a, a agent out in this area and he's actually we're laughing because you know baseball starting back and uh well kind of we'll talk about that I mean, first thing I saw in a text message change was saying I think someone's going to hit 400 right off the bat. But he's a real estate agent. And my, my question that I wanted the listeners also hold thing accountable to is early on in his real estate career, he was telling me, you know, he's going to get a couple of these relievers and these angels for a couple of these nice houses on the coast here. So, um, you know, we just want to keep you accountable with the listeners you know, when you're going to sell a house hey, to, do, a, to, a, to a house, to a house sale account. Here's how it works. Okay, for anyone interested in how this works, the NBA players, they can buy, baby. They can buy. They have their L.A. home, and they usually lease their home where they play. But they always have a permanent L.A. home. They all come home to L.A. MLB is very different. MLB is all leased. So the listeners want to know when you're going to sell a home on coastal California to an MLB athlete. So we'll keep you posted. A big we'll see. Well, no, the listener, like- well, hold on. That, 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 that. The listener didn't know it's happened. The job is done. The deed is done. It's been done. Uh, I will not drop any disclosures or details other than that. Um, but here's the deal with the MLB. They lease. It's six months. It's on and off. They're just here for a short time and a good time, not a long time, baby. Okay, so we put them on the coast. They like Corona Del Mar. They like Newport Beach. I'm talking about the Angels players. You know, if you're from a normal person, this is going to sound crazy, but these are just what the prices are. 8K to 25, 30K a month. This is just what they pay. And then they go home to their town in Florida and Texas. Mike they go, they paid, what's Mike Trout's with his contract? Rip, what's that contract? Is it A-Rod? Is 450? 35 million. Oh, my years. goodness. There you go. So. And he's a Jersey boy, though. He still has not bought. He, he, I won't tell you where he lives, he but he's got a beautiful new house on the coast. Home, Pennsylvania? Beautiful house on the coast. So. Uh, We'll keep you posted. Stay tuned. You know, speaking of Mike Trout, not Mike yes, we've done leases. The Stanger Group does, has done leases for the Angels players. We love the Angels players. We love all your choices. Obviously, lease or buy, no problem. Official, yeah, official, stat, official stat on the Mike Trout contract is 12 years, $430 million. Ooh. Twelve years, four hundred thirty million. So Mike, that's a lot of houses in Mike, Pennsylvania. That's what you're. That's what I kind of hear. Mike, I kind of hear a little bit. Line, there might be a little dip in the fall, maybe in the winter. And this the is Stanga like, Group might be your target, target guy here. Hey, sorry. You know we got it. Shameless plug. So Stanga Group's ready for uh, for the sixty game season. The players signed off today. It's Wednesday night. Uh, we're in the garage here where we're kicking around. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Here it is, listeners. I don't really give a shit that much about baseball. This is DK speaking. Like, uh, it doesn't really rub me one way or other if they don't play. And that's just perfectly frank. Like, the way that I kind of digested baseball the latter part of my life was uh, if I catch a game on TV on ESPN, like, it will stay on while I'm cooking. And that's about the extent until the playoffs. And then it gets good. You know, the storylines get good. So, I don't know. So, that's mine. So, I'll fall back on this. What's up? What, what do the listeners got to know about the CCM series? Should we tune in? Fuck yeah, it. I mean, my interest is goes down in baseball a little bit every year. Um, I think 60 games is, is probably a, a good season, like, every year, to be honest. <laughs> 162 is a little excessive, but... Uh, Take one off that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in some, you know, some storylines. I think, uh, you know, obviously, like, who's going to get COVID and um, you know how many players and what what's going to happen. Rich's favorite stat always <laughs> on the pod is, is the top. I mean, what's going to happen to the season? Because we're, 
we're still so alright let me just off the top of my head right now um, I saw Pictures gonna get it Burn Trans did a Burn Trans dip well, MLB. NBA MLB oh oh, oh ML- yeah okay so first one to get in the MLB just go just Charlie Blackman got it he's, a, he's on the oh road. already but like that, that's the thing though is like yeah, in yeah. the season so like you yeah. know and since it's a shortened season, you know, what, uh, what the pitchers are going to get fucked. in. So they're yeah. fucked. So, Wait, but, the ball, everybody's touching the, all the same stuff. Well, they have all these crazy rules. Like, instead of licking your fingers, the pitchers have to use, a wet, a, like, a wet wipe to, to touch the ball to get the better. Fuck. You know? So, it, it's going to be crazy. Shout out to lactose intolerant people who got to use wet wipes as adults. <laughs> uh, but, hey, sponsors available, too, man. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, a, a good storyline, too, is, I mean, I think think there's a real chance for someone to hit 400 like you mentioned earlier because you see it every year yeah. a guy will start out hitting like right. 420 like 30 games deep and like that so i looked into this i thought okay this is a sure thing like boom this is your hammer time i'm gonna find it at like eight to one odds it's gonna be great i actually looked at it there's only like through 60 games eight players in the last 125 years okay. that have still had a 400 bad average for 60 games. So it's still very unrealistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet Vegas is going to throw me in odds that I'm obviously not going to let go. <laughs> I'm obviously going to hammer that thing and whatever. I'm going to probably lose. But there'll be somebody at 386 and it'll be fun to watch or whatever and keep me entertained. Who? Um, it's just some, don't somebody on... on, on I don't know. On, Charlie Blackman was the NL batting leader, wasn't recruits. he? Isn't the guy that just got Kobe later was your NL batting yeah, leader? So he'll be fine. I don't know. He'll be fine, but that's my point. It's who? I mean, I don't know. It's like who Trout? can stay healthy and who can Trout? not get COVID? I, it, it, who can survive all the fittest, man? I mean, this is a wild game from here on out. This is I just don't think they'll play. I think we'll be in money. phase three of the shutdown, and you're right. A couple people get it, and, like, I don't – it seems like a lot. I mean, how can the umps even talk to the coach, the managers now? The whole – Face shields, probably. Oh, dude, face shields? Yes, yes. Well, Korean baseball, just follow what they're doing. They're doing it right. The line of the face shields. Are you watching any Korean baseball? Is um, anybody? I haven't watched any. Are you watching? I any saw, any was anybody? watching on YouTube. I watched uh, Jeremy Lin play with the Taipei Dragons. No way. Yeah, live. <laughs> no way. I was playing baseball. God, YouTube, your algorithm. You get me, man. I don't know. I maybe watched. YouTube's you know good. what they got yeah. me. You know, but uh, no, no. It's, on, it's literally on ESPN. No baseball. Well, actually, I think I caught a. I thought text message. Maybe it was in your chain where they were putting uh, possibly putting some sex dolls in the stands to create. Uh, yeah. So they did do that. They did do that. The things, I, the things I like is <laughs> the dramatics. I mean, the way the swings are fantastic, but the umps, the umpires are fantastic. I mean, the, the strike three calls. Just YouTube them. It's fantastic material. Oh my gosh! Just <laughs> ring them up, baby. Ring them up. <laughs> Yeah. Are we, are we going to take guesses? Is it the Dodgers? Are we not even going to play this? Do we not even care about baseball? So I just now? saw the Vegas odds. Dodgers are plus 350, Yankees. which is three, yeah, about, you know, $10 wins 35 Man, for anybody coming in. Uh, Yankees are next at like plus 400, Sleeper. $10 wins 40. Uh, Astros, I think, are third, and then it's like Milwaukee's up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I don't know. What do you think, Rip? It's 60 game season. If a crappy team aka the giants or diamondbacks get hot yeah what do we have a playoff team suddenly yeah. i think they're gonna it sounds like they're gonna have a full playoff so you know it's gonna be once they get past the 60 games there's gonna be a regular playoff but regular yeah. playoff in regards to like just the regular, the four teams the full playoff yeah the full playoffs like there would be a normal season so. okay but i think no matter what happens i think uh 
it's going to have the biggest asterisks of all time for this season for this season's title winner because you know 60 games i mean it's not it's, yeah. like a, it's worse than a 50 game nba lockout season. God, as far as i can tell it, it really is how about that i just feel you just like you got to get in the dance i guess huh yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even. You said Houston Rockets, or you said Houston Astros before ripping, and I don't even. Maybe it made me feel a certain way. Still, I don't. It's it's like a. Are they still gonna get beaned? I don't know. I feel like MLB as a whole just is on life support, and they need like golf. You know, like once our recruits were here to help revive, I'm here to help. Shout out to Charlie Blackman. Follow him on Twitter. Get well, and we'll try to revive some of these things that are going on. I need to be better at baseball. I need to be able to go to my baseball friend group. Uh, Shout out to Sports Opinions when he's doing his fantasy baseball and at least bring something to the table that's not bullshit. It's not BS. And there's a real thing that's going on, too, is when these disputes happen, I notice the fans take the owner's side, and it is fascinating. It's like, how can you possibly take the billionaire side over the players? But it's like, oh, these players are lucky. They're getting paid this much. They've been grinding, man. And it's funny that the fans take the owner's side. Really not a hot take, just a fascinating social thing that I've noticed. It's like, why do we defend these billionaire owners? But we do. And so the players get bullied into taking this garbage 60 game thing it's it prorated on top of prorated it is a garbage deal for the players but they have to take what they have to take the owners have all the leverage they have all the cards and this is what we get and so they're gonna suit them up and we're playing baby baseball's right for change right yeah am i wrong rip no i mean maybe this is the time i want to get off baseball do you guys want to talk about about Orlando and some NBA? Do you want to talk a little bit about NFL? We've had some cool, some some interesting things in both. I mean, how about Shanahan getting paid? Are everybody cool with that? Just co-sign. As a Niner fan, I'm absolutely cool with that. We let Harbaugh go. That still hurts. So yeah, absolutely. Shanahan just took us to the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I think getting a quarterback. I don't think coach. Harbaugh was going to play out. I, we don't. Well, that's this, fine. We'll do another show. We'll do it. We'll do a Niners Insider show closer to the Jim. Just know, I love you. I'm always going to be with you, baby. Um, but uh, quarterback and a coach in the NFL is the most important thing. You guys should know this. You've got Kyler. You've got Kingsbury. They literally developed their team after the quarterback coach theory. Yeah. That's what we've got. That's what we're doing. I mean, Rip, what are your thoughts from afar? Yeah, I mean, Shanahan, I mean, he's he's one of the top five coaches. Got to lock him coaches. up, right? Yeah, you got to lock him up. Whatever the number well, is. Well, he got paid that, right? Did he get paid that top five money? I believe he did. His contract. That's the question. But even if well, no, even that's, is, the but question, that's the question. Rip, well, okay, without with knowing, Rip, what's the answer? It's starting every season with their, their top running back hurt every year. And this year coming to an injury again. I don't think you know, they have their hands tied because they fucked up with Kaepernick. That's a different story. No, but the coach is different. Would you pay the coach? Would you extend him? Fuck. I mean, yeah, if I'm the owner because he does all the other things. Because i got to think of it like a business, too. And from a business standpoint, he looks the part. He talks the talk. He's young. The record does it. But, yeah, I'd rather spend that money on my squad. If coach, I, I mean, coaches, you can pay whatever you want. They don't count against the salary cap. So it's yeah. like if you got a true. good one, you might as well pay to keep them. You know? The Yorks have risk like money. They got that money. The Yorks got like money like that. Like they can like just money, like yeah, and every NFL team has a yeah. ton of money. They that dude so in Jacksonville, the Jacksonville owner, they find a way. <laughs> they find a way. Rip, what'd you get over there? Uh, says he's one of the five highest paid coaches in the NFL now. Six year deal. If you can say the term, yeah, okay. it's got to be. Up so there. that's the key is the years because these coaches they they're not like the players. They get fired, they right. still get the money. I was six, year, six year, twenty one million. You guys ever daydream about that? Well, that's actually a steal. Wait, wait, that's actually. Whoa, that's four, four a year? 
Six. Three a year? Three, three and a half, yeah. four a year? Yeah, three and a half a year. Say it again, what was the total? Six years, $21 million. That's And he's one of the top five highest paid coaches in the league. What does Saban get, like 12? <laughs> you know, what does uh, Donald Sweeney, Sweeney get? But they have, they probably have to do a lot. They have to deal with a lot more bullshit. I think they're like the senator also. Too, right, they're right. like the governor slash senator slash yeah. like votes. I mean, just talking about <laughs> Tuscaloosa, I read an article where I think that I believe they said it's two billion with a B in lost revenue without a football season in Tusc- the city of Tuscaloosa. So that is pretty it's a big driver of the economy there. That, see, the, who knows if the Niners are doing that? And the Niners are coming into the season, of course, with some injuries. You can check out our uh, Instagram. Jimmy Garoppolo looks really hot as a female. We all knew that. That's not breaking news. So he's he's hotter as a female. You think? Yeah, it's crazy. Look like a little mouse, a little cute mouse. It's Drop crazy. Up. I hate saying it. I not even hate. I just like, just like, whoa, this guy is like a hot guy, and then he's like, whoa, he's like a beautiful woman. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, check out our check out our Instagram. I mean, so all this while, I think in Niner country with the same old injuries, you know, they got Kittle. That's my take. Coming from Arizona fan, I mean, Richie. Did, I, did anyone pull up the Kittle uh, female version? I bet that's a pretty good look. No, nah, <laughs> that's, that. that's, that's like a wrestler. Scared to look at that. That's like a blonde China from WWE. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, like a really like a she'll fight you drunk. She'll type. fight you just just jacked. You know, yeah, just, yeah definitely. Another <laughs> question too is is I mean, you saw what. Uh, Anthony Fauci said the other day, is football even going to happen? I mean, it's kind of the same question with every sport now. Tony. You get shut down before it even starts. Come on, Tony. That's how I, I think it like that, that, that statement. You know, I say a lot of times I'm not a scientist, you know, and I know Fauci has fell off with a lot of people with some of these statements, but fuck. I'm even seeing the NBA run up, and with the NFL and with the MLB, I just see problems. I see things coming, and then you're like, what do you do? It seems harder to start over. It's, is uh, I think everybody's really just playing it by ear right now, and I mean they they can put in writing a start date, but like you saw Disneyland had a start date and they just extended it. So I mean these things are are flexible. You know they they can postpone it, they can cancel it. So we won't, we won't actually know until those dates happen. Exactly, exactly what the NFL is doing. I think too, Rip. <laughs> They're just staying in the shadows. You just know who's been this a, thing goes away. You know who's been really silent is uh, Division One college basketball. It's strangely silent. They, Actually, it's true. Nothing. Even for Billis, he's been off like just nothing. Yeah. And they, what is that? They knew. I mean, after they canceled the NCAA tournament, they took such a big hit that they, they don't want to say anything because they really want it to happen this coming year. But I think they're just laying so low and, and crossing their fingers right now. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll be talking about interesting point. Yeah, we may be talking about college basketball the way we talk about like um, the Roman gladiators that we used to watch this thing college basketball before it just dissipates to some minor yeah, league system not. of the best and like now with the G League. I will say when, when March Madness decided when March Madness closed, like that was like the that was the shot to the soul. Like that was like the okay, yeah. this is that real. Was, like, the first big thing that was and it was a shit. And I like I was I've been kind of dead inside for I don't know the last three, four months and like until you know, it's it's just dead inside. That that stole my soul. So I yeah. hope football comes back, otherwise I'll remain it's, uh, you soulless know, until whatever. The great leaders, Dave Cow in this interview draft. Uh 
will tell you, you got to take some of these times as opportunities for other other entities. And Stang is in here rocking his Barca his Barca shirt today. Um, I think this is an opportunity for MLS. I think it's an opportunity for Premier Premier League. I think it's an opportunity for youth soccer to really kind of take a step forward um, because it is a little bit more of a spread out sport. It's outside. It seems easier to manage. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, I hope so. Keep your eyes open for some of so. some of the some some things that make some uh, some appearances and some things like college basketball potentially to change over time. You know, yeah, we'll see with college basketball. You got my eye on that now. Mm-hmm. That's funny that they have stayed silent though. You, That's a real thing. Uh, let's move away. one more NFL. I mean, any free agents that are worth talking about? I saw Jamal Adams floating around the news. I mean, yeah. What, okay, so Rip, this is what I want to know. <laughs> what leverage? So him saying that, what does that mean? Like, does that mean anything? Like, an NFL player saying, "I want to trade." It's not like the NBA or anything. it means nothing, right? I like think they, like that's it. Is this? It definitely depends on the, the contract status. Um, oh, that's but true. really, it's a player's league. And, I mean, you see year after year these players, I mean, if they're willing to sit out and they can force a trade. I mean, Trent Williams says was willing to sit out a whole year. You literally uh, – you do lose your salary. Yeah. And, yeah, in certain cases you lose your salary if you sit out. And But, I mean, if they really want to go somewhere else and however stubborn they are and however much they can afford to lose, I mean – you could see a drag on, so it's yeah, that's true. I guess. Way to negotiate. That, what a wild thing! It, it, God, it's crazy. You know, in real in real estate, I always say the number one thing that holds up deals is egos. And it's funny that when you look into sports, you look into these things. And not saying Jamal Adams has an ego or the owner has an ego. I'm just saying egos, man. That's the main thing that holds up these negotiation deals. And, and if one party is stubborn, Godspeed. But yeah. Man, so is that what's going on with this? I mean, it's kind of like a new way. I like, was what like, happened? that's what I think. I was like, is this a new way to negotiate? And then I watched some of these documentaries, and then it just seems like people, like, now you can negotiate straight up on social. Like, literally, Joe Embiid's throwing out emojis in situations, and it's getting deciphered on ESPN that night, a series of emojis he sent out. So the game done changed, you know, so. uh, with negotiating what you want. And I think across the board, they're players' leagues. I mean, I'm. We, can we affect it? I feel because I still feel uh, uh, deep warriors talk, but uh, just send me into a deep state. There should be music to play when I go into this one. It's like sick, sick mark. The worst part of me. We drove KD out with Twitter by saying Steph was better, and I feel like we influence them more than we think. And now Jamal Adams saying, I specifically want to play for the Cowboys. Like, what has happened? Like, what are we, are we really impacting? Like, we, like, you know? Yeah. Comment on his post. Right? See if he takes it to heart. It's, Katie Trey Five, baby. It's the part Come you the do pod. have. You know, no, we're, we're, we what? love you as Warriors fans. Sorry. The recruits are in on the action. We're, you know, that's it. We're here to participate. I mean, you want to talk about participation? You know, Sang and I had a conversation early about believing in uh, this barstool deal they did with Penn Gaming. I have the stats. You know, let's talk about let's talk about this and get just from sports to just underdogs taking advantage of situations. Let me throw out some stats for you. Penn National Gaming, uh, the Corona lowest price. This was on March 18th, four dollars and fifty two cents. Current price. This is as of this morning, thirty six eighty two. So let me just put that into perspective. If you invested ten k a few months ago, you would have what do you think? Ninety. Right about eighty one k, and a nice little you know three month turnaround from that decision on that ten thousand dollars, and that's 
uh, just people opening their eyes to some new things. So, thank I mean, we had that conversation earlier. You're actually in the stock. I'm very much in the stock. We're participating in, in stock. sports moving forward is what I'm fucking saying. Negotiations, in-game. We're going to need to go to a game, Richie, at America West Arena. What do we call it now? Talking stick. Talking, talking stick arena. We're going to talking stick. And we're going to take the kids. And we're going to get, get our food. Talking and stick and we're going to go to a kiosk. And we're going to be able to plug in, ding, ding, get our ticket, and go, and go wash our game. I think you're, you're going to be able to take Devin Booker over 24.5 points right there on the first quarter. Right when you go get your hot dog and beer. Yeah. It's about time. It's about time. We're participators now. Yeah, that's where it's been headed. And, uh, I mean, it's, that's, that's how it is today. So free throws, whatnot. So we'll stay tuned. Stan, we'll keep you posted on Stan. You know, we believe in all that. So, so moving forward, quick, we'll quick uh, hot NFL take for you guys: Who gets signed to a roster first, Colin Kaepernick or Cam Newton? Wow, Cam Newton, because probably Vegas would have the odds there, and I'm an <laughs> odds and numbers guy. Always. Four, who's gonna sign him? <sighs> Who's our initial guest? I said Patriots. You said who did you say? Chargers. You said Chargers. I said Patriots. You said Dolphins or something. I don't. Yeah, know. I, I take it back now. I have a new. I have a new pick uh, now. Who do you have now? Cam Newton. Who? He's got to get signed, right? Um, you know the big thing for me with I don't. Unfortunately, I don't think Kaepernick gets signed for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Mostly, he hasn't played for four years. Mostly, but with all the stuff going on right now, you unfortunately, and that's for another podcast. Mm-hmm. But I do think Cam has a recent book of work and he's ready. I think he ends up in Washington with the Redskins. I think it doesn't fall together with the Murray boys and what they're trying to do up there. I think he finds a way into Washington with Rivera again. Didn't they just get somebody Haskins. else? They have Haskins. Haskins, but they also got somebody. I feel like, but maybe not. They got one of the Murray kids. One of the kids. Guy who was in Carolina, I believe, is now there. So, but I think that's where oh, my. That's right. The guy who played uh, quarterback for Carolina. Maybe Jacksonville. Yeah. Maybe he's playing with, yeah. with Minshaw. Maybe they, Minshaw Kyle can't Allen. get W's. Kyle Allen, my boy's cousin. Yeah, Shout out Josh Shaver. Uh, great man. Great athlete, but uh, so so that's so that's DK. What do you guys think? Any any of those quarterbacks? Do you see Cam Newton landing on a particular spot? As a Niner fan, I would love to see Cap on a team. I still watch highlights. He was our best quarterback in the last twenty years. If you actually want to break it down, but I'm with DK. I. I uh, for I don't even know why. He, I actually, if we're gonna say, Mark, is he going to sign? Yes or no? Gun to your head. Will he sign with an NFL team? Uh, I I hate saying no, but my answer is no. Gun to my head. It's just football. You quarterback. What do you think? Quarterback's not a thing you take four yeah, you years off and come your back. Own. You got to answer I, your I own. Think, uh, You're not out of this. I think it's gonna hit close to home. I think. Uh, the Chargers are going to sign Char- Chargers? Yeah, I think Anthony Lynn is, uh, is, is you know, that'd be awesome. Guys that, that wants to make a move like that. And, I mean, we're going to. Oh, that'd be awesome. We're going to over here. So, so you got Kaepernick now to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Where does Cam go? I could see Washington, but I could also I could also see New England. But I feel like New England would have signed him maybe already. Right? I don't know. Maybe Are they really rolling out Jared Stidham? I, I can't imagine. There's a lot of belief in him. There's a lot of media going around of, of that Belichick belief. I, I'm an avid Patriots better, as I'm sure some of you are who have been on the bandwagon the last 15 years. There was a game here where he threw two pick sixes and killed our spread. I think it was against the Jets, Buffalo Island, one of those teams. You, you Patriots fans know it. Patriots betters know it. This year. Anyone who saw that three-minute stretch knows he's not the future. You got a bad Anyways. taste in your mouth. Yeah, no, but no, I remember no. that game, too. I didn't, I didn't Aaron Rodgers came right in, bullets, bullets, <laughs> bullets. Mahomes, bullets. I knew right away, done. St- 
Stidham is not your guy. Belichick, you're going to waste a season. Anyways. As we're going to talk to our inaugural guest, Dave Cow. He's a athletic director at UC Berkeley. Uh, he's worked for a ton of sports teams and uh, really legendary is the word to describe him. Good pod, lots of laughs, great interview. Enjoy. Thank you so much for listening to us at One Star Recruits. Yo, welcome to One Star Recruits. We have our inaugural first guest interview, the legendary, the supreme, Rip. You ready, Stunga? You ready? Are we ready? Drum roll. My man, Dave Cow. Dave Cow checks in at 205 pounds out of Diamond Bar, California. He's a right-hander. He's one of the quickest burrito eaters that you'll ever meet. He also currently has one of the gnarliest set of sideburns that you will see on a uh, man walking the streets of Berkeley. So if you see him, say what's up. Probably one of the friendliest faces you will see. Dave Cow, what's up? Say what's up to the listeners. Hey, how you guys doing? What's going on, TK? I think that 205 weigh-in stayed in Diamond Bar, which I left 11 years ago. <laughs> when you were playing left tackle? Uh, hey, uh, right tackle. Solid. Good memory. Stay yeah. up. Yeah, right now. That's when you were eating all the Diamond Bars. Protecting the blind side. Yeah. Yeah, the Brahmas, number 78. <laughs> the fuck man a diamond okay there's so much to get into with you because you entered our life on this podcast here in bay area in, in san francisco that was probably in i don't know 10 years ago 2010 um tell the people just tell our listeners about your upbringing in 60 to 120 we started in diamond bar um take us up to 2008 when um the story of dave cow kind of starts to unfold to stanga rip and i uh, when I started my sports career, yeah, kind of up until 2008. So you were in the you were you graduated. You were in the mortgage or the lending industry, correct? And then you're very successful. And then 2008 came. So yeah, you got it, got it. Yeah, if you want to go way back, I was born in Taipei, yeah. Taiwan, and uh, our family moved here in 1986 uh, in a random apartment that my mom had like a friend who she went to college with that moved to the United States much earlier than we did. And they own a bunch of commercial properties. So they plopped us up in, a, in a, an apartment on fifth and Western right out, right in K town. And, uh, we basically just, my brother and I, my parents in this studio apartment in K town while uh, my parents were out every day working and, kind of looking at public school districts ultimately found diamond bar and i grew up basically in diamond bar uh as an as a chinese american if you will but i went to school at cal poly pomona uh studied science microbiome and chemistry and uh, worked in a lab after um, i got my science degree uh, ultimately a buddy of mine said i should try sales numbers come pretty easy talking to people is pretty easy i've always had a little side hustle starting with like at the age of 15, my, 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 my dad was in business his whole life, and, I, and, I, and I, ran, I ran a hustle and sold baseball cards when I was in high school. Um, but he was like, yeah, you should try sales, dude. Uh, you'll like it, and you make a lot of money. And if you don't do well, you can always go back in science. And I, and I did real estate for, from 2002 to 2008, and uh, when the market crashed. Who is this man? Can you describe this man in, like, um, like, like two 2020 terms, right? But, like... I don't know. I'm picturing in my head, like kind of like a sleazy, like characters from. Uh, <laughs> he's actually, yeah. He's actually a lifelong friend of mine. He went to Berkeley yeah. with a place where I work now. You went to Berkeley in undergrad. How we met 
was a three-on-three basketball tournament. He's a year younger than me. So when I was in eighth grade uh, in the middle school, he was the guy in seventh grade that ran all the three-on-three basketball tournaments on weekends. You know, you get two of your buddies together, everybody pitching 10 bucks. It's $30 entry fee. Top three places gets a little bit of money. And you actually proactively with sales, and that's your bond, like sales. So the, 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 sales, the sales homie came through in your life, and he pricked you pretty much, and it was on. He wasn't in sales. He just heard people made a lot of money in sales. He thought I should try it. But he sold the, the three-on-three tournament to you, right? He sold a three-on-three tournament. He's in law now. He actually sold a three-on-three tournament. Well, I don't think there was much selling need to be done because uh, <laughs> a bunch of us got together to play basketball regularly. So once he said it was a three-on-three tournament, I was in. <laughs> That's an easy pitch. Yeah. It's like, oh, free food, I'm in. <laughs> Where did, I mean, if you guys do those three-on-three to basketball tournaments in Diamond Bar all the time, like who, you and like a bunch of white boys? Or like who was the crew who would do three-on-three three tournaments? Uh, it was actually me and probably like a hundred Indians, believe it or not. <laughs> did, did any of them go D1? <laughs> um, one guy tried out for, to walk on at Cal. I don't think he made it, but no, most of them did not. Actually, nah, did anybody even play D? No, no one played. D, no one played D1 or two. Well, I mean, you guys probably tore it up and like wear Long Beach on the three-on-three tournament circuit. Went to go get fucking Big, Big Bob's Burgers. The place we played a lot outside of weekend games at Diamond Bar in Parks was um, Newport Beach, 32nd Street. Oh, I'm sorry, 32nd Street is what the grocery store is, 38th Street yeah. in Newport. Yeah. And we were ball there. There was three basketball courts, a full court and a half court, and a couple of tables with like a, like a chess piece on it, and a chess set. You can play chess there while you wait. So we will, we will run full court, and if you lose, and if it's, you're, you're two or three down, you either – play the half court game where you know, sit around and play chess. And then uh, we did that all the way through, God, in my early twenties, I want to say. I do take you for a good chess player. I try. You are good though, right? So what did you learn about three on three basketball that you applied to the mortgage industry that you decided to hop into after the, 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 the ferry of sales tapped you as a salesman? You said, yeah. fuck it, I'll go do mortgages. Well, basketball has always been that sport anybody can pick up as long as you have a ball. Like, what you play? What you like a Charles Barkley? I've balled with you a couple of times. You kind of just get low and fucking Oliver Oliver Miller fucking hook, and then you'll hit a three out of nowhere. A couple. Of, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a lefty. I don't know if you know that. I didn't even think I knew that. Yeah, I'm a lefty. Benson. Uh, like uh, so my friend, all my growing up, my friends clown me being the big guy who doesn't like to bang down low and sit out in the post and shoot threes. And sometimes they'll yell at me, Cow, go down low, get the rebound. You're a big guy, go down low. I remember I just, that I've always stuck in my head as the guy that like I just want to pop out and shoot threes. Who did you who did you look up to? Who did you kind of who's your game after in the at this stage at this stage? You'd be like, yeah, Tom Chambers is a clean game. Like that. I think who I model my game after, uh, is probably very different than what my game actually look like. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a huge, huge Magic Johnson and James Worthy fan, but my game probably, probably look and feel like Oliver Miller. <laughs> yeah, so if, I was, if you put this in, in real life scenario, if it's an adult rec league, I, I like to average 15, 5, and 5, but 
realistically, I probably got you four, three, and three in five yeah. miles. Well, <laughs> but you know, Kyle, you in, in life, you in life, in life, I think you're hitting those averages across the board because you start getting paid in 2008. You get into the game. You start. You start seeing what's up. You're back in LA making money. 2002 to 2008. Yeah, 2002 to 2008. So um, I'm trying to remember. I moved to Hollywood. In 1990. Okay, can I get right to it? Here's what I want to get right, right to it. I want to ask you, at what point in time do you say, fuck it all, I'm going to go work in professional sports? November of 2008. So what happened, what, happened that, what happened that day that you said, fuck it? I mean, as much as... Well, November of 2008 was, a, was, a, was, a, was an election time, if you remember that. Uh, coincidentally, I sort of made up my mind that I wanted to move somewhere outside of Los Angeles, Southern California. I've always want, I've, I've had a great time visiting the Bay, and I've always know that one day I'll end up here somewhere somehow. In my in in the days of real estate and mortgage, I actually had a pretty close friend who knew somebody who worked at the Golden State Warriors. They were actually in at their university when they were undergrad. They were in the same fraternity, and that's how the, that's how they knew each other. And I would um. I would basically cold call, if you will, um, this guy at the Warriors and try to just get my foot in the door and made up excuses to come up here and play a basketball tournaments and try and go see if I can go knock on a door in Oakland. Ultimately, they finally just say, hey, give, give you a shot and here you go. And, and there I was. In April 2009, I joined the Golden State Warriors selling tickets. Uh-huh. And, and were you selling premier season tickets or were you selling upper level anyone and everything? You were at the bottom rung, if I remember. So I was, I was in a uh, dungeon with, I was what they called in a, a, a ticket sales representative. Uh, mind you that because I started in sports much later than those that aspire to getting sports right after college, I was at the age of 32, I got into sports. Uh, took a, took a, I accepted a letter for $22,750. Uh, I, I remember I had two offers. It was an offer from the Golden State Warriors and it was offered from Salesforce at the time. And I remember, uh, you guys know the Bay Area. You guys know Murphy's Pub in Fidei? Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I do actually. Okay, it's like hardwood floors, it's like an old divey bar, and it's got neon lights. It's Murphy's Pub. Yeah, I remember sitting. I, I came up. I, it was a solo trip because I had those interviews. I was my tie is halfway loose, and I, I took my jacket off. I was sitting at Murphy's Pub. Basically, got both of these acceptance or or offer letters. Wait, are you feeling good? Like feeling really good though, top of the world. Feeling, like, feeling pretty good. I'm like, man, do I want to work in tag or do I want to go work for the dubs? I was like, oh man. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's like, oh well, that pays a little less, but I can work my way up. I've always done it. It's not but, like we're like we just came off a 35 win season too. It's not like I've been still there. A great sports passion. Pal. I think when I got my shitty dubs offer too, I like called like an old boss of mine from college that I hadn't talked to in five years just to tell him that I was so giddy just to tell people that I even got that. You know what's funny about that is growing up in Southern California, you, you, that's Lakers town, Dodgers town, you, Clippers kind of you know make a little footprint, but you hear nothing of the Warriors. So when I was in LA, I, I mean, I knew run everybody knew run TMC. But it was, it was, I don't know. You, you told me I had to go sell tickets for, 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 for Corey to see Corey Maggetti and Anthony Morrow. And I'm like, who are these guys? <laughs> but I mean, it taught me, I mean, it taught me a lot. It, it taught me like 
how to be successful when things aren't going your way and how, how sales is not only a numbers game, but the more you work on your game, it's all, it's like, it's like sports. The more you work on your game, the better success you will find. And I actually use a lot of those things in training today for the people that, you know, work in our unit. Yeah. Is you love the kid. Cal loves working with the, with the youngsters at the end of the day. Hey, it's got to make them better. They're the future. I'm, I'm the ancient. But yeah, I'm I mean, the let's just be real. Let's peel back any coach speak. You really, that's, you love it. Cause that's what you did help with me. Stangle probably vouched too. Like you made us better in these fucking ways that others didn't, you know? And, uh, you, at the end of the day, that's what I know you're bringing every day at, at Cal. Yeah. I, I mean, I just truly enjoy taking somebody, teaching them the ropes watch them grow and watch them improve their skill set and go on do something bigger and better. You're the, you're the assistant athletic director of ticket sales. And, and a lot of people don't know about how, you know, uh, call it collegiate athletic departments are set up. Can you kind of give like an org chart and, you know, what does it look like? And, and like for someone kind of wanting to get into that area, what, where do you start and, and what is the goal for, for you too? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think every school's structured differently. Uh, up top, you have the athletic director, or some call it president or vice president of athletics. And then below that, there's usually a director's cabinet, sort of your C-level execs. And, and they oversee multiple units from, in, in college athletics, there's fundraising, uh, in, in revenue, ticket sports, multi, ticket sales, multimedia, and uh, you know, sports medicine, all the way down to grounds, crew, and facilities, and everything with student athletes' um, life and well-being. Uh, so, so you have your director of athletics, you have your C-level execs, and the director's cabinet, and then just below that are are people like myself and a few other athletics directors that kind of run the day-to-day within these units. And I, you know, I'm I am in the revenue side, overseeing ticketing. Um, customer service as well as game day box officer box operations uh, for Cal. We have 30 sports, but we ticket 11 and we have a team that, you know, make phone calls for six of them. Your last question was about how to get into college athletics. College athletics is a little different than pros now having to work in both. Um, uh, From my personal experience, uh, selling tickets at a pro team, you, you're trained to master these sales. Where in college, selling tickets is just one part of many things you do because of resources are different, and it's a full calendar schedule in terms of academics. Cal, Cal, I only got five minutes left, and I want to use it to my full segment. Last time we were catching up last week, because me and Cal will uh, well, we'll kind of go head for head. We love. I also love working with younger people and just the art of. Um, you know, just the art of creatively getting deals done. But you were talking about comparing, you know, buffets and eating styles to leadership styles. Uh, you know, I got a little thing before I hit a buffet in Vegas. I like to go into the room and I like to smoke a blunt. And then I like to go look at the food and then kind of go down and make my play that way. Um, in, in 30 seconds, Cal, tell, how do you compare buffets to leadership styles? And what are some things that you look for in youngsters getting into the game? I actually, um, I don't know if I have a comparison for buffets and leadership styles, but uh, I compare buffets to how someone multitasks. Uh, a quick example would be someone who an interview a good interview place for you would be at a buffet. A good interview, uh, actually, great idea. I've never done that before. Well, the problem with that is, if I was a, 
<laughs> if I was on a buffet too in an interview, I mean, I'm gonna have to ask really, really open-ended questions so they can talk and I can eat. <laughs> right? There yeah. you go. Tell me more about your life, and here I go. House, house, house. Yeah. Uh, hold that thought. I gotta get another plate. <laughs> <laughs> so give us a yeah. Who, who, give us a style like that's that's a good quality for for an employee. Uh, oh. uh, uh, no, no. So one of the things I learned in management, and I, I would, you know, if, uh, I would have a life coach, Kyle, one-on-one is uh, don't ever expect anybody to uh, function and work like yourself, but, but take their positive traits and develop that and make them better. So the buffet scenario, what Dana was talking about was like, when I go to the buffet, I have a plate of 35,000 different types of food. I actually eat one item at a time and then move on to the next item. Um, someone else will have 35,000 different items on their buffet. They'll, they'll nibble a little bit of everything. Someone else eats half of this, take on a third of that, and may have something left over and go back to get another plate. Those little traits, I firmly believe, shows how people multitask. But then again, I don't know. I might be crazy. Okay. Would you hire Stenga? Study on focus. Would you hire would – you, am I muted up? Am I all good? I can hear you. Would I hire Stanga? If you, if you were in Alameda and you were interviewing Stanga on a buffet interview at the Indian food buffet we used to hit on Alameda on 3rd Street, would you hire him? So, ju- judging by how long I've known Stanga, yes, I would. And I also, if I had to interview Stanga at a buffet, my read with Stanga is if Stanga was given 10 or 15 projects, he tackled each one of them a little bit at a time until he finishes. Thank you, Cal. Thank you very much. Take that. Take that. Oh, good thing. take. What Stanga taught me the most about group ticket sales was the food voucher package. (laughs) I love that the one thing I taught you was kind of a scheme and it wasn't a real thing we offered. It was was kind of a backdoor deal that got me more tickets. Um, It was was a year that you you guys kept a tally on the board behind you downstairs and you were up something like 16,000 tickets. It's, and then, and then DK, I believe you were at twenty, and it was a, 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 a stretch, but a doable stretch for for staying to catch you. I don't think I don't think he did, but he came pretty close. But I remember I was like, "How the f? How the fuck did you get to sixteen thousand plus tickets? You're like, uh, ticket and food voucher, baby." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you still. And if people were ever wonder how I ended up working for myself, this is how the corporate well, system just might have kicked me out. <laughs> and, and and Cal, it goes right in line with what you tell your 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 uh, staff now. Really, we weren't selling a basketball game. What we were, and Stengel will tell, will say the same thing. We were, I was saying a lot of times on the phone, this is cheaper, a cheaper way to feed your family of four and a basketball game breaks out than going out to dinner. And they're like, oh shit, you're right. That's the thing, Cal. The lesson is I had to take it to the trenches. And when you have a 25 win team, 35, you have to take it there. Like you have to go there. What are you going to do? I had to compare it to like a night with your kids in a movie is $94, but a night out, $15 times four is only 60. Come have a fun night out at Oracle. That's a kind of a sale, dude. That's fine. Yeah. But, but, but that's what you're obviously sharing with the boys at yeah. Cal and sharing, you know, sharing with your team. Uh, well, I, what I took away from that was uh, as long as you sell Courtside Club, um, pregame Star Watch, meet <laughs> on the north side at 6 p.m. right outside of section 122 and 123. Uh, go over and see that guy. His name is Mark. He will take care of you. 
And <laughs> they will oblige and happily follow you down the court and watch Reggie Williams warm up. Look at that partnership. I, oh, I was so happy to do that for you guys. Partnership. So we all know uh, if there's anything Cal loves as much or if not more than sports, it's food. And we have uh, One Star Recruits has a rapid fire segment. We want to start off with you, Cal. We're going to name a city and you tell us the number one place you like to eat in that city. Whatever comes to mind first. Got it? Uh, oh, okay, got it, got it. Okay, I'm ready. So, so no parameters. This isn't specific to a person or a thing. It's just if you heard the city, and this happens to us all the time, like in an airport, you're like, bam, that's type of, of offer. So no, Cal's a rapid fire guy. Hit him. Yeah. Let's, let's start with uh, where, you know, where real, you real, real, real quick. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm a chubby guy. What if I'm indecisive? Do I like, give you, do I have to pick one? Whatever or? comes to mind hey, first. Rapid Whatever fire, baby. Okay. All right, let's start with uh, your stomping grounds. Oakland. Um, Taqueria El Farolito, international in 42nd. Boom. Boom. Chicago. Oh, uh, Pequot's Pizza, I believe, was Webster, and I forgot the cross street. Right. What is that, deep dish? Is that deep dish? Deep dish. Deep dish. Deep dish is the best. All right. Uh, Tempe, Scottsdale, Arizona. I don't even know about Pequot's. Tempe, Scottsdale. is another pizza place called Base, B-A-S-E, like B-A-S-E, Base Pizzeria. The, guy, the guy's from Australia. He like <laughs> moved to Italy for like three years and learned how to make let's go a sports more, uh, Let's go a little more remote. Fresno. Oh, fuck. What's the name of that taqueria? Awful. Five, five, nine. You taking it to the 559 in the concrete? Uh, uh, can I, I, I forget the name. I'm getting old. But you get off on Ball Road on the 99. You hook a right. It's right across the street from a Mervyn's. That's a department store. So, so just, just look for that taqueria. I, I was shocked. I was uh, real quick. I was driving home. I was hungry. I decided to take 99 instead of the five because of traffic. And I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll stop and get something to eat. They have birria on Sundays. Those of you don't know birria, it's goat. Try it. All right. Birria? B-I-R-R-I-A. Birria. Yes. Birria. Write that down. Goat? Stanger just bought it on the stock exchange. NVIDIA. <laughs> Uh, all right. Nvidia is about to hit 400 pretty soon. But one, one more here. We know you uh, spent a lot of time here in the last few years. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, man, a tri-tip sandwich. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go with the tri-tip sandwich at Founders Brewery. Perfect. Is that your go-to when you go out there? Yeah, in Mich- uh, Grand Rapids usually a layover because. Um, that's what that's the closest flight I can get to see my in-laws and they're three hours north of Grand Rapids you love you know it's always love that you're really good with um both names and um specific cities always our whole friendship uh you need tricks for the listeners for remembering names uh, I don't know it's kind of it's kind of sticks uh, probably a characteristic you should excel at if you want to get in sales right yeah, true that you've always been really good at it. I, I you would I would you remember my clients you know, Richie's actually really good at uh, fucking area codes. Ch- go ahead. Go ahead, Cal. Challenge Richie right now to anywhere in the, in the United States. Is it a telephone area code? Yeah. Go ahead. Give me a Chicago area code. Uh, or do you want me to list a number you told me the city? Oh, my God. You got that. Yeah, he got it. He just, he just hit it. What do you say? 773. Phenomenal. <laughs> Richie, 212. New York City. New York City. 206. Seattle. Ooh, two, three, two, three, one. Sorry, ripping two, out of this. Two, three, one. Two, three, one. Michigan. 
Oh, wow. Wow, Rip. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and on that note, so. Yeah. <laughs> just for the, list, for the listeners and for you, Dave, um, actually, uh, uh, Richie got a, probably one of the worst jobs of my life ever slash best jobs. Do you remember um, one, 1411? Do they have that in Cali? What city, please? Back in the 90s. Yeah. Information. Like 411. Yeah, they had that in Cali. You called tell on the telephone, right? You yeah, called you it. Call on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 16. I think Richie was like 18. He's like, man, you get a job here. I was like, dope. It was a call center, maybe 500 people deep. And that was the job. And Richie did it for a handful of years, but he walked away with that masterful skill set of, um, of area code. So next time we're in person, we can uh, challenge each other a little bit more. Uh, but Mr. Cow. We're going to uh, throw in the show notes some of your, your, your recs for the food. Thank you. Um, leave, the, leave the guest a little bit and the listeners with uh, going into the summer. A couple of things. I know you're a big vacation guy. I know we're not doing a lot of travel right now. Where should people be keeping their eyes open for 2021? And while they're traveling to that destination, what music should they be listening to? What musical? That's a that's a that's a curveball. That's a man. That's a clean Kershaw curveball. That's, that's, that's clean Kershaw. Well, we'll get to the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People, people are at home right now, and they want to, they want a vibe of yeah. feel the whole thing. You we know, just so, give us like one under the radar artist, maybe that. Uh, that we sure. Can. Before I get there, if you edit this out, fuck you, uh, Richie. What's five one two area code? Austin, like, Texas. Austin, Texas. Oh my that's goodness, that's too easy, bro. huh? Translate, bro. Ask himself wow. Delaware, man. Ask himself yeah. Delaware. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I, I went to Portugal last year and absolutely loved it for the price, for the people, for the food, for the conveniency and the, all the history behind it. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest Portugal. And when, when you're there, make sure you listen to some father music. That's is. that's sort of the that's kind of the music. Yeah, fado. Actually, I sky on I took my lady up there and we did a little fado dinner, which is like kind of a sad thing, but it's a little wild to eat like pork and they sing sad songs to you. But shout they out can phenomenal. play live instruments and they have a great voice and it's phenomenal. Yes, right. Portugal, I'm, I'm, and then rip anything, anything to finish off with Cal. No, I think that's it. Thanks for your time, Dave Cal. Your first uh, first interview ever for One Star Recruits and. Uh, yeah, we appreciate your time, man. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Cal, I got something. One last thing. This is for the listeners. This is for anyone who might take notice. Or it could just be for me and you. But what you did for me is told me that you could restart your career in your 30s. And not a lot of people do that or even have the brass set of balls like you to do that. And you did it, and you excelled at it, and you're killing it. And so thank you. It was a great lesson. I did the same. I followed suit, followed your blueprint. And here we are, bro. So thank you. You're an inspiration. I love you. I'm happy to hear that, man. I love you too. And keep keep up the good work, guys. All right. Thanks, bro. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Later, brother. Bye. You guys want to know a fun fact about Stenger? You know, he wants, and he still brags about this. He thinks that he drew up, he drew up. We all played Madden. He took Madden to the next level. Um, and so when I talked about being good at Madden football, he's like, oh, yeah, well, I drew up this. He brought a, broke out a playbook, a real place. He drew out for youth football. He decided to coach youth fight football and call real Madden plays live and in person. I which did not know that. It's kind of next level. You didn't know that? No. Oh, yeah. Like, you want to be a play caller? That's like yeah. a really great opportunity to be a real. Senior year of uh, college, I uh, worked for the Scottsdale just to um, 
City Center or whatever, you know, the uh, youth leagues, Scottsdale youth leagues. And so they put me just with the team. I qualified. You do the whole thing. And they put me with a, just a random team out in North Scottsdale. So I Were you the main guy or did you just sign on with other like, – No, I just signed up to be a you, coach and you, so I was the head coach. Main guy. So you had to, have, so you had to hire a staff. No, just me. Just me as a head coach with 10, you, 10 eighth graders. You had never and crossed your mind to get an OC or a DC. You just. I thought at the time, I was like, wow, I need Madden help. But like, who, OC. dude, you're 21 years old. Like, who are you thinking? <laughs> like, it's going to be your OC. You can't just grab guys off the street. Like, you're 21. You're just like hoping and to get And then, like, all the parents were cool, right? Like, no, like, parents were like, oh, 20 year old kid. I just kid, went by, call man. Belichick plays. Hey, listen, I was selling, I was on the streets at eight years old selling paint, uh, the numbers <laughs> to, uh, for address numbers to neighbors <laughs> going door to door for 10 bucks a street so i was pretty comfortable with people by 21 all right i've been selling for a while and so 21 comes and we do this and yeah i just hold a parent meeting i'm responsible for your kids tuesdays thursdays three to five whatever i have okay my- so you're playing your first game and the kids so the kids call out the play and what were you drawing up like you're just wrong so like my favorite play madden was <laughs> i liked a long sweep was always successful you bring the two the guard and the tight end out to protect and oh, okay. successful game the Hail Mary where you have the one cross in and your one right so you can get your one. So remember, you've got seven players on the field, so you got three blockers. And those three blockers like are just standing. They can't touch, so they're just standing there. So you got like two seconds. So you gotta let your athletes work, baby. You gotta put your athletes on the field. You gotta find your Tyreek Hill early. And I had a quarterback. God bless you, Joe, wherever you are now. Shout out because that guy had a that Joe boy, Burrow. Had was it Joe Burrow? <laughs> it was not. He had a, oh, Rip yeah, Joe Burrow. Yeah, he had black hair. Oh man, I remember we lost one game all season. I had to sit him down. He was crying. Oh, what a moment! But uh, we lost a better okay, team. Okay, so you had a talented team. So wait, what did the yeah, play look like? So, so you're a 21 year old, and you so you said so you've grown up. Like, what was a play called? Let's be honest. What was like a call, was it, actually the championship game? But go on. What was a play called? What was like your best play that you remember that you called it when the kids called it? Called it. Okay. Whenever we actually actually run one, we actually ran motion, which was a John Gruden thing at the time, which is crazy. I just had two receivers just go in motion just to totally flip, and then I had Dorian, which was my. Tyreek Hill. Dorian is a machine. He starts on the left side, shotgun at the Joe. Dorian just sprints across the field. Joe pumps fakes to the uh, middle of the field like he's going to catch it. The defender always jumps, always jumps that route. Dorian just turns, boom, burns down the sideline. Dorian just finds him. It's a touchdown every time. It's just an in and out, but it's a longer way to do it. It's unbelievable. If you can get the blockers to hold you for two seconds, Done deal. Six points every time in that game. So you seven. put a bucket. So like you were scoring like thirty in the twenties and thirties. Joe and Dorian were mashing the team. They were going yeah. wild. But the other team, we were trying to get them involved. I had to do a lot of explanations to parents why their kids weren't getting the ball, why I value winning over that. Uh, so there was a lot of. Ju- and, and after all that, I decided I wasn't going to coach again. We were going to go on on top. We went seven and one, won the title, and that was that. And t- you know, the nice. It's that's the shit with coaching it's like uh especially when you're a 21 year old kid i kudos I, props i couldn't even when i was 21 <laughs> to even about think that? That. i mean what about that north scottsdale champions and yeah, uh, andy reed of the early 2000s in north scottsdale so we had 24 plays but i ran like four strong so we had i had six uh flash cards with four plays on That's each amazing. one and so i'd give him a flash card for each like series and i'd go out there with them but i ended up just saying it ended up coming down to like our that solid four. Started out, and then yeah, exactly, exactly. And then it came down to like two plays, and then it was just like 
Get the ball to Dorian. That's awesome. If, whether a sweep or anything, give him the ball and let that man run. He was amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, soccer's back. So shout out to Stanga for doing Madden in real life with real humans way before anybody else. And now sitting back in the garage now, I'm like, damn, you got to call live plays for humans, which is <laughs> like actually a pretty tight thing. That was awesome. The video makes it better. Yeah, well, follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and uh, we're here to talk about any topics, so feel free to hit us on social with any uh, any things, and we'll, we'll wrap up this week with uh, any content of the week. We'll do a new segment. I'm going to surprise these dudes. Uh, let's watch them mumble through it. I'll start uh, so I can give you some time to think. Uh, that can be anything on the web, anything that you've seen um, on Netflix, or anything just in your in your real life that you like to share with people uh, that has been a, a benefit. So um, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with something real simple, and this is for all the one star recruit followers. Um, in this time when we're doing a lot of takeout food, um, I've been ordering extra pita bread when we get Greek or Mediterranean food. And uh, I've been repurposing that either for pita chips with some salt and pepper in the future in the oven. Pretty good um, I've also been repurposing it for uh, a dessert with a little bit of cinnamon, sugar, and butter, um, which they turned out really good reheated in the oven. So for like the extra one ninety nine, you get two pitas usually with the Greek places or the Mediterranean places. So there's my, my, my content. It's not content. It's a real-life purposeful use is I utilize those uh, extra, extra. When you're ordering food, get the little extras that you can repurpose. That's my advice. Good tip. That's a great tip. What do you got? Any content? Anything you saw? Any Netflix? Any show? Anything on the internet? People got to check out. I got uh, for the last two years. I've been watching a lot of garbage truck videos on YouTube because my uh, my three year old's really into garbage trucks, and you learn a lot about them. There's a lot of different varieties. There's a side loader with a claw. That's typical on residential streets. There's uh, an open back where sometimes the the driver's, uh, the the co-pilot stands on the back and he jumps off and gets the trash can every time. (laughs) And there's a front loader that sticks the forks in the dumpsters and lifts it overhead. Um, And and, and it varies by city and state, country. I mean, there's different colors of garbage trucks all over the world. And it's just an interesting <laughs> fact that if unless you have a three year old that's in the garbage trucks, you really don't give a shit about. But no, I hear a lot. I, <laughs> it's pretty it's, good. It's not. It's, it's so good because uh, there's another podcast that I listen to. This dude D. Murphy. He also has a four year old. Big big garbage truck fan. It's not even a. Uh, it's it's a very common thing. It's a thing that I think there's actually more to dive into in youth garbage truck because uh, I think there's like a, probably a program. Where you can like go like, take like them to putting a spot. something in a thing. They fucking love it's like, it. It's like the idea of taking. Something I think it's just a big it loud machine. Uh, seeing seeing different ones. And I mean, let's do honesty. Okay. I actually love it, and I know Stang and I have talked about it too. I feel really great having full trash cans, and they come on Thursday in my neighborhood. And watching them kick my thing. I, for me, I see my tax dollars being worked, so it feels like a like good. So shout out to garbage trucks too. Shout out, it's shout out. What's a thing at our house now on Thursday mornings that I hear the truck and I shoot out out of bed like I am worldwide west, three year old son, and. I, my fiance makes fun of me. It's ridiculous, but it's very much a thing that I get excited about going out there checking if they got all the garbage out, and I get mad when they don't, and they leave the styrofoam or a thing in there, and then I blame it on myself, and I go through a process. Bottom line is it's very much a thing, and it is fun. It is exciting. 
here I am at 36 saying that. So I love we, that, baby. We cover all bases on this pod. <laughs> I love that. Me and World Wide West, we aren't all too different after all. Just 33 years apart. <laughs> I think I got a text on Sinstangu with a picture of a, a clogged styrofoam pissed off on a garbage day. Like, oh, man, is Nothing when your Thursday starts with them not taking the trash, man. Just take the trash. Do the double thing. That's all I ask is just hit it and then hit yeah. it again when they're out there. Just, just really just crank out the, the mick garbage. Make sure it's in the truck. Well, you know, like, I watch them. I see the lazy ones do it one time. Come on. I have two, a, two or three. I, I, no, what we're letting them know, too, if, if, if it does come across any listeners, is, is also the cleaners with the circular things on the thing. Just tighten it up a little bit more. Sometimes, tighten it up. I feel like they don't get in my tight enough to get my, you know, maybe it's with way my, my property sits. But yeah, shout out. I'm going to watch some garbage truck videos this week. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to garbage truck. You guys. You got any? Uh, you got any content to leave the folks with, or what? You good? Uh, Dave Cow is again. I could go on and on about that man. I could have done ten hours with him. I love that man. He is so good. His story is incredible. He started over. He can start over again and again and again. So for anyone that. Whatever position in your life, I don't. It doesn't matter. Have faith in yourself. Keep going. Put whatever it is and start from the bottom. It doesn't even matter uh, because you can do it, man. Have faith in yourself. And that guy is a true testament. He showed me the way. He gave me the blueprint. It's an incredible interview, but he's a better person. So uh, shout out, Dave Cow. All right, content of the week from Peters to Dave Cow. Our interview. Follow us on uh, Twitter. One Star Recruits. Uh, listen, and- listen, like, subscribe. Exactly. Review, review us. Give us a five star. Oh yeah, big red. Five stars. Five stars only. Well, maybe one star. <laughs> we'll work to five stars. Reverse, reverse engineer that. Ah, shout out to Dave Cow, and uh, we'll catch up with you next Tuesday.